everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to Christian Cox coming up here momentarily, of course. Uh, the former Ute. We'll get his thoughts on uh, what's going on in preparation for the upcoming season for the University of Utah. Also, maybe mix in some NFL stuff with uh, Christian. Are you any more concerned now for the start of uh, the Pac-12 part of the season than you were before as far as the COVID-19 situation goes, Jake? No. Uh-uh. I'm not more sure concerned. There seems to be a lot of uh, exploding cases. I heard last night that 39 states have uh, increasing numbers. And, uh, you know, uh, is that troubling to anybody i mean it is to me i mean it could be troubling certainly but i don't i don't think it uh, puts the pac-12 season in jeopardy which is what you were asking me yeah i was just asking whether you were concerned about it. uh about the season getting canceled i i'm not concerned about that no i think uh, they're yeah. they're taking great precautions and they're they're gonna do their best to get it done i think that's what they should do all right, I, I, you know, BYU is having like six thousand fans in the stands. Is that what it was? That something along those lines. Yep. Saturday, and I was as I was watching the World Series game last night. Uh, I was uh, checking out. I think they had eleven thousand people in the building uh, for that. By the way, did you uh, do you have any thoughts on what's going on in the World Series? Uh, no. Well, my raised sweep isn't going to happen, so my prediction is wrong. It, yeah, yeah, but you weren't serious about that, were you? Uh, well, that's what I was rooting for, certainly. <laughs> the, the Dodgers are playing really well right now. And I know that not all our listenership are baseball fans, but, man, check out the World Series. It's it's fun. Uh, World Series baseball, postseason baseball is – I don't know how that can't capture the imagination of most sports fans. It is really fun to watch, in my opinion. Let's get out to the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint are coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. Joining us now, the former Ute and former Patriot, Christian Cox, with us here on The Big Show. What's happening, Christian? What's going on, Jake? Hey, Gordon. Hey, Christian. How you doing? Would you agree with me? Do you enjoy postseason baseball? I, listen, I grew up, I played third base. I was a blonde-headed kid, and I watched the Atlanta Braves as a child, so Chipper Jones is my hero. I love baseball. So yeah. it's uh, something about the World Series. It's different. I know if you don't like baseball a year, too many games, usually in a normal year, but nothing like, you know, watch World Series baseball. I, I would rather watch the World Series this year than watch the NBA Finals in the bubble this year. That's my opinion. Well, what didn't like the bubble, huh? Why is that? I, I just it just didn't feel the same, you know. I it thought did it was feel fun. Different. Yeah, it was. It, it was kind of like it's kind of like AAU basketball, and it was still good ball, but it just didn't. I I can't even. I usually, I'm a diehard NBA fan. I just didn't tune in. I think that was that's reflective in all the viewership for the NBA this year. So one of the one of the things. Well, I don't think it's uh, specific just to the NBA. I think sports in general has uh, has suffered a bit in that regard because so much is on so many people's minds. 
But the thing I love about postseason baseball, especially in the World Series, every at-bat matters. You know, it, it's almost as though every pitch matters. And like you said, in the regular season baseball, 162 games, it's uh, every – I don't think you have enough energy to have every pitch matter. No, and, you know, when you talk about quality pitching, again, I go back to my childhood, right? I watched Greg Maddox, John Smoltz, Tom Glavin. You know, that was my first baseball game, going to a Mets-Braves game in Park as a child, right? You know, you get some of the best baseball. And, you know, the Dodgers have been right there. I was living in L.A. when they were in the World Series and they lost. Uh, it's a good feeling. Even Californians get behind it when they really don't <laughs> – care for much sports anyway because they have a, a different lifestyle but uh the world series is a blast and i'll be tuning in and you know see how the rays actually do against them you know jake doesn't care because he only cared last year when his expos were in the world we series did it then, we won don't it, say just we're in it we won we did it and, be, and because okay. they were one of the worst teams in, in baseball this year suddenly he doesn't care about the world series anymore no my team's out of it why would i hey, care my guys hey, are expos, done the logo was nice the expos logo was nice awesome. they had Vlad guerrero i believe for a minute very good. they had a lot of great players and then uh, they could never afford to keep them, so the, those great players went somewhere <laughs> yeah. else and continued being great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Larry Walker, you know, uh, oh, Vlad yeah. Guerrero, yes. Uh, yes. Pedro Martinez. By the way, yes. both Larry Walker and Vlad Guerrero chose other teams' hats for their Hall of Fame busts. Right, which they're they're now dead to me, obviously. Oh yeah, of course. There's did, a lot of not. Montreal fans out there. Andre Dawson hung around for a while, really, didn't he? Uh, Willie Montanez, Raul Montanez. There's only one. uh, There's only one player that's still around, and I don't know if he actually played this year, but uh, I think he played last year. Who was uh, uh, an actual expo? Can you think of who that is? Is is Rusty Staub still playing? There's no way. Is this is this a real fact? This, fact is, a, this is a real thing. And now uh, his name is escaping me, but Austin will know exactly what I'm talking about. The fat old pitcher. Oh, uh, Bartolo Colon. Bartolo oh, Colon. Bartolo. He played. Colone. He played for the hey, Expos. Former Indian. He was a gas thrower. Played everywhere in the league. I think every team. Oh, so. He's uh, hit a home run for the Mets last year. He did, yeah. He's he's a he's a very big man. Um, Christian, I want to ask you about the Patriots and uh, your take on Bill Belichick uh, and that team. Now that uh, Tom Brady is gone, they had a just horrible loss to the Broncos over the weekend. But but what do you think uh, about the task Bill is taking on post Brady? You know, Bill's crazy, man. He's a general. He really he has a militant background. He runs that organization like it is. Um, you know, deep ties to the Navy comes from the Bill Parcells, Giants tree. You know, I, early in the season, you thought the Cam Newton, you know, experiment was going extremely well. He obviously got COVID. He always, he always finds it a good bargain, right? The Cam Newton contract is unreal. Uh, what is it, a one-year $12 million. If it works out, this could be his quarterback of the future, but the one thing that's that's tough is you is you watch him play, right? I watch the Seahawks Patriots game is you're not seeing a lot of you know, they're keen on Cam Newton. He's run the ball a lot, but you're not seeing a lot of completions for heavy yardage. Right? But that's also could be a byproduct of you don't really have a solid tight end with Gronk not being there 
and Julian Edelman is is one of your better receivers, but he led the league in drops last year. So, I, you know, I didn't pick them to be over 500. I I thought early in the season they were better than expected, but tough task. Uh, it's it's really the the tale of who's better without each other. Is Tom better without Bill, or is Bill better without Tom? And right now. It seems like you know Tom Brady after that win against Aaron Rodgers seems to be panning out for him quite well. I wonder if it bothers Bill that uh, Tom's team is leading its division. I don't know. I I don't. He's kind of the smug type that I don't think it bugs him yet. But maybe over time, I I don't know. He's he's pretty cold, uh, right? When he makes his business decisions, and um, I don't know. It, it, you would you would think he wouldn't, but give it some more time, I guess. Is he funny? Gordon said he heard that he's funny, and I can't see. Oh, that. he's he's hilarious. Like this is this was you know my my time was there was just a season, right? Right, 2011. But I, he is so dry to the media, and that's kind of how he is a little bit. But he has a little more energy. But he's just he's kind of a stand-up comedian with his dryness, and he's just. He, I will say he's the ultimate. Um, presenter right he commands a room and and when he when he draws up plays or he's highlighting certain plays that took place in practice or the game that he doesn't like or does like and wants something to change it was something like i've never seen and it's one of those leadership you know traits you want to take into business or into life that you want to highlight something you do extremely well and have it replicated across different departments or 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 you know team members uh he did, he did that extremely well but very funny um i will say my my experience with him when i when he told me i was being cut or released basically he said it like this he said all right christian wall we're we're really sorry about your neck injury it was the cheapest mother bleeping bleep injury <laughs> i've ever seen and uh we wish you the best. We're probably going to draft a linebacker, and uh, we want you to get healthy, and we'll see where we'll go after after the season. So we appreciate it. And, uh, you know, sh- short time there is just a, a single year, and then a, a drafting Dante Hightower, and I was just an undrafted guy trying to make the team. That so great Christian, impression. That was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, if you were a member of Utah's football team right now, what would be the emotions you would be feeling at this point? And how weird is it for it to be October 21st and not to have played a game yet and you won't play till the 7th of November? Yeah, so hard. I thought about that, ironically, Gordon, like an hour ago. Uh, you know, what a hard thing, especially to be a senior, right? And, and I think about my own situation, right? Going into my senior year in 2010, um, I, I still was, I, I wasn't first team all conference. I had, I wasn't even on the radar to get a shot to play in the league and you need those games. The games are what get like the games are what separate you to let you catapult up to the next level. Right. Think of Ziggy Ansah didn't get a shot his senior year to play. Right. He's not a, he's not a top five draft pick. So, you know, these guys very hard and, whether this is too harsh of an opinion, I think the Pac-12 could have played a little sooner than until November. They could have played possibly this weekend or Halloween weekend. And, you know, I'm glad to see that there will be some games. Um, it is going to be something I'm going to tune into. I'll, I'll watch the games. Um, but so hard for those guys. And I'm credit to them for 
doing school and doing camp ish and getting ready to play. And I bet at this rate, they're just so excited to play against someone else and at least to play on the field that they, they don't really care. We're probably making a bigger deal of it for, uh, because it is a big deal. But for them, they're just excited to play. And would you come back? I'm excited back, to see some college football. If, if if you were a senior this year, would you come back? Since you, you you all of them have been granted an extra year. It just depends on my age, right? My, my situation was different. I you know I'd served a mission, and and really the reason my my time in the league was, you know, I bulged the disc, and my time was basically removed. I, I was already 26, you know, by the time I was in the league. But I'm a younger kid. Uh, who got through school and I have legit fourth round potential and above, I would go. And, you know, whether that's right or wrong, that's just kind of how I feel. But if I needed to come back and get better and I'd already finished school and I could get a little ahead on my master's degree and I'm young enough, why not, right? Uh, it really just depends on where you sit in the ranks of getting up to the league. And there's some guys they will never get a shot to play in the league. So, yeah, come back and play and enjoy college football, right? Like, people look at Brian Johnson as this, you know, like he, he was, you know, our little Tim Tebow. He was one of the greatest college quarterbacks and, and led one of the greatest, you know, runs in 2008. But people forget, like, Brian couldn't throw a deep ball over 40 yards downfield. Right. Um, you know, and he's a guy that was just a great college quarterback. Didn't even get a sniff in the league. Didn't even get a shot. Right. Because his shoulder was so bad, but so cerebral, so bright. If there's college kids like that that are so good and they're they're perfect college quarterbacks or players. Yeah, I'd come back. It, it It's all individually based. And for me, I, I would have been too old. And the shot shot of playing in the NFL was just a dream. Right, it wasn't a reality. Right, so you want to play as much as you could. Christian Cox is with us, ninety-seven-five and twelve eighty. The zone. Uh, I want to ask you about Utah's defense. It's it's going to be young this year, Christian, as you know. But over the years with Coach Witt, he, you know he's had uh, veteran defenses, maybe that were a little better uh, than the younger ones. But the defense has been consistently good for really his entire time there as a, an assistant and uh, and head coach. Why is why is he so good at getting good defenses from young players? Well, you know, it, it goes back to the scheme, right? This this scheme is ancient, right? This this four three defense that goes back to the NFL days with his father, right? It's a prime defense, uh, and he has an amazing coaching staff, right? Sharif with corners, Morgan is a D coordinator with safeties, um, you know. You have just a quality coaching core that keep pumping out guys. And look at this D line; it starts up front. You got a good returning guy in in Mika Tafua. You got a good linebacker coming back in Lloyd. Uh, you got to replace, you know, Jalen Johnson, and you got to replace Julian Blackman. Who both of those guys look what they're doing in the league in their first year. Uh, it, it, it's the coaching, and it's a factory, and. They're, they're willing to move guys out of their normal position and put them into the places that will help them succeed in the next level, but also help the team at the same time, right? There's a couple instances I can think of. Chase Hansen had played safety, moved down the linebacker. Sean Smith in, in 07 was playing receiver, moved him to play corner, played in the league at corner for many years. Julian Blackman had played uh, corner, move him to safety, show versatility, look what he's doing with the Colts. 
right? That's what GMs and guys in the league love, right, is versatility. How can you make an impact on my team? How can you play multiple positions? And, and Kyle and Morgan and Shreef and everyone on that staff, they're not afraid to move people around. Heck, I played linebacker my entire high school career. I played linebacker before I went to Utah. I played six different positions before settling in at DN. I never played DN in my life, but I, you know, I led the team in sacks, and I think I'm ranked in top ten in, all, in sacks all-time leader. But I never played DN, and that's just what Utah does. They take athletes, find the best fit of where they can progress, and uh, you go with it. And Kyle is king at that, uh, but it starts with coaching staff finding right fit and mold for guys and and coaching them. They coach so well on defense and on offense that. They get up to the next level, these teams love them because they're already used to grind the process and the, the what's what's expected from them at Utah. Whittingham says they haven't uh, come to a conclusion on the starting quarterback yet, but uh, Jake and I were talking about that Jake Bentley was named a, a, a team captain, and Witt said that doesn't mean anything as it pertains to who will start and evidence of that has come in the past with Troy Williams, but do you believe him? And what does it mean if uh, if teammates elect someone as a team captain, but he's not yet been named a starter? Yeah, you know, that, I guess that's a, that's a huge credit to who he is quickly, right? I guess he's a transfer from South Carolina, and, you know, that how his teammates view it, his work ethic, right? What we don't see is we don't see those lame, like, brutal weightlifting sessions, team conditioning, spring, fall conditioning, summer, whatever it was this year, right, that you see how hard guys work, right? Like Travis Wilson may have been limited in his QBing ability, but as an athlete and and as a worker, people respected him, right? You want to go back to a weird name like John Hayes, remember like how gritty and tough that kid was? He had the respect of his teammates, may have not had the most skill that would – lay it out on the line and for Bentley to be voted as team captain that for me that's you got 125 guys they throw you write a name down and you're voted in as one of four that's a big deal um I you know Kyle's doing what he's doing he's trying to make sure Cam Rising has uh light for himself to see if he can prove it in these scrimmages these scrimmages we don't really have access to but I don't see them bringing a senior transfer all the way over if that's not really who they're leaning on. I know Cam Rising was sitting in the booth all last year with Andy. Andy likes him. So really it's just, you know, who do they trust more, who's more experienced. And what we've seen in the past is usually these fifth-year senior transfers, they usually have an edge. But I guess we'll find out on game one. Christian, we appreciate uh, you dropping by the show, man. And uh, I know we're going to be doing this regularly regularly throughout the season, so we're really excited about that. Well, thanks for having me back, guys. It's always good to talk to you. Hey, Christian, let me throw in one last question, man. Yeah. What do you think of what's going on with BYU right now? Yeah, I listen, I people forget, right? Like, Kalani Sataki was my D coordinator. I love Kalani. I love A-Rod. I love those guys down there. Um, I think the success that they're having, it's tough to measure, right? Because it's like, is it the opponents? Are they humming? Uh, but what you can't deny is completion percentages and yardage gained uh, from the quarterback position. I think Zach Wilson's having a heck of a year. 
you'd love to see him play against tougher talent, but you can't control that right now. Uh, we'll see how he plays against Boise. We'll see how he plays against San Diego State. Uh, I listen. It'd be awesome if they go ten and zero. Um, I want Kalani to succeed. I want them to be successful. But on the other side, you know, my senior year—not to live in the past like Uncle Rico—but we were eight and zero, and we hadn't really played anyone, and then we got whacked in the face by TCU, who was Andy Dalton, and they were a good team. They ended up winning the Rose Bowl. Right, so it's like you don't know how good you are until you play quality, talented teams, and that's just that's nothing that they could control. They got to play who's in front of them. So I don't know is BYU this good, or is the Houston win on the road against a team that only won one game? Is that a big win? Uh, the one game I'm really excited to watch is this Boise BYU game to see how Zach Wilson shows up, and if he can show up in these big time games. Uh, his stock will keep going up as a as a young junior. If I remember correctly, that uh, that loss to TCU, uh, Christian, uh, wasn't that the the North End Zone girl game? I I heard about it. I don't. <laughs> I didn't see it, but yeah, well, I believe nice, so. Nice pull there, Jake. Remember I, that? <laughs> remember that controversy? I, I was. I was I was too busy playing a game. I didn't even know until after. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, thank you, Christian. You're the best man. You're welcome. See you, Jake. Bye, Gordon. See you, buddy. See you later. Couldn't someone have just handed her a coat? Yeah, that was not handled. Handled a blanket, well. maybe. <laughs> that was. That was not. That was not good. Not, uh, yeah, I suppose. So. What happens when drunken fans get bored at a blowout football game? Maybe the same thing that happens when uh, certain journalists find themselves in a Zoom okay, meeting. Okay, Gordon. <laughs> Let's behave ourselves, please. Okay. Especially since we have to transition uh, to a live call with Andrew. <laughs> Let's get out to the Zone phone. Joining us now, uh, our friend from Wasatch Medical Clinic. He's Andrew Reinhardt out here helping our listeners with their love lives. What's going on, Andrew? Hey, that's right, Jake. We are helping so many guys. In fact, we've helped thousands of men all over the country that are struggling with erectile dysfunction. So if you're out there listening, you're frustrated in the bedroom, things aren't going so well, you got to take advantage of these offers and look into the acoustic wave therapy because it's a medical breakthrough. Those aren't just my words. They're the words of so many dozens of clinical studies now, including Cambridge, that have studied this, proven that it's effective at opening up and regrowing blood vessels. Uh, ED, after all, is a blood flow problem. We're no longer having to mask symptoms with the pills or supplements or needles, heaven forbid. This is natural with just a few short 10-minute treatments. That's all a guy needs to restore the spontaneity. That's got to be the big one, right, Andrew? The spontaneity. That's got to sound very appealing to guys going through this. Yes, because the pill, you know, it really sucks that spontaneity out of the room. It you know, you're having to pre-plan, you're skipping meals to make it work better, and then you'll find that you have to take more and more. In fact, I've never come across anybody that is taking Viagra, it works great, and it continues to work great. There's always an end date where it stops working. 801-901-8000 is the number to call to get on the schedule and uh, go in and see the doc and, and see if this is a right fit for you, right? Yes, we will do the screening for free. We'll do the exam for free. And call us now. We'll throw in a little special gift that produces instant results in the bedroom. Guys, beg for it. It's awesome. 
Uh, also keep in mind that right now new patients get free testosterone. I know people paying thousands for that. It is free with us. And we're committed to effectively treating the root cause of erectile dysfunction. 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you. All right. We'll have more big show coming up. Don't forget, David Locke joins us at 5, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. So put your hands together and please welcome. This is Utah's best sports radio. Guess who's back? You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Tell a friend. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding you forward on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. show gordon monson jake scott 97.5 and 1280 the zone want to remind you we're going to be at the warehouse in salt lake coming up on a football friday 1825 south 300 west come on by and see us but uh, take advantage of the great deals prices so low it'll blow your mind uh it's uh it's the warehouse uh what do you think about this uh this story gordon i'm just gonna i'm gonna uh, read right from uh, the espn article lsu as self-imposed penalties related to the NCAA's investigation into improper booster payments to its football players, a university spokesman confirmed today. Sports Illustrated uh, reported that the Tigers will lose eight scholarships over two years, will reduce recruiting visits, evaluations, and communication, and have banned Cleveland Browns wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. from its football facilities for two years. Of course, Gordon, this goes back to the, uh, you remember, uh, was it the national championship game, Austin, where uh, OBJ was on the sidelines, handed out hundreds? <laughs> on the field, oh, not yeah, on the yeah. sidelines, on in the, the celebration, just in front of cameras, wads of hundreds to the players. To the players. So, so which LSU did, said, oh, it was fake money. They said it was Monopoly money, yeah. right? They said, oh, that they was said, fake money. Hmm. They said something to do with something else, though, didn't it? Uh, it goes on, LSU's football program is charged with a level three violation involving uh, Beckham, a former Tigers star who gave $2,000 in cash to four Tigers football players on the field after the team's 42-25 to win over Clemson. Uh, let's see here. Uh, a bunch of stuff about how LSU has uh, cooperated. Um the football allegations are part of a wider NCAA investigation into LSU, which has dragged on for three years. Um, and it goes with the hand-in-hand with the basketball team and uh, those widely publicized allegations against Will Wade. So, um, Oh, yeah, that's a mess. So anyway, there, I, I just found it amusing that uh, Odell Beckham Jr. was, was barred from the facility for, uh, for two years. <laughs> Stay away. Because he was handing out hundreds on the sidelines at the national championship. When I initially read that, I thought it was saying that Beckham was the one giving the the basketball recruits the the improper benefits. But what they're saying, Jake, is that they're they're just including that in this story that it's not just football. It's been basketball for as well. Okay. Yeah. 
Well, the basketball thing, is, that's been investigated for quite some time. And uh, I, I, just let's back up here for a second. If you're, if you're, if you have the idea that you want to hand out like hundred dollar bills on the field, what do you do? Do you go to the bank and just pull a bunch of money out and stuff it in your pocket uh, with a full intention of doing this, or does he always carry that kind of money with him and he just happened to be there in a celebratory mood? What? What? Of course, of course, this is the what what stands out to you. I, I think he's just like you, Gordon. I think he just rolls around with a wad of hundreds. <laughs> or can go to the bank and get ten grand within an hour. Within a half hour. Oh, wow. Right. I, I think I think that's I think that's what it is. I think much like you, he's just got like thousands of dollars on him at all times. No, Neither. I don't carry I don't carry money with me. But uh, but I, I just, you know, there had to be a process in his mind of what he was going to do. Uh, was it premeditated or just did he happen to have $5,000 in his pocket? Well, if you watch the video, if at least two of the players, they've met with him before. They don't just know him from the NFL games they've watched. They're familiar with him. They know him. This is not the first time sure. they've been in close contact, as the CDC would call yeah, it. He, he's bought him some crab legs in the past. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I got you. Uh, no, I, I'm how... guessing, uh, Gordon, he planned on that. That's that's what I'm guessing, to answer your question. So how, a couple things. Well, uh, First of all, how difficult is it to control your boosters? That's uh, probably impossible. And, and I don't know maybe if you how badly you want to control them because, you know. Well, you know, it, you know, it depends on who you hired as the compliance person. <laughs> did you hire a compliance person that uh, you actually want to do the job? Or did you hire a compliance person that's uh, job it is is to take a nap in their office? Yeah, hire a really sleepy guy who uh, who doesn't really, you know, has, has a saying – See no evil, hear right, no evil. Exactly. Yeah, yeah I, I always thought that that was dumb. Regardless of your thoughts on the NCAA and the rules and whatever, tuck that aside for a second. The fact that the schools hire their own people uh, in compliance is just odd to me. That 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 just doesn't seem like 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 it works. Are you like? Are they like the narc at the high school? No, 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 yeah. not not at all. They're, they're, this would be like if uh, corporate America got to hire their own SEC uh, uh, Securities and Exchange Commission people. Well, you do have people who are like uh, HR folks who are supposed to sort of keep their eye out on stuff, right? What? Not not NCAA compliance. Compliance. I'm talking about compliance. I'm talking about uh, universities operating in inside of NCAA rules. The people they hire their own compliance people. Why would right. the NCAA hire the compliance people? Because if you're hiring your own compliance person, then it's like it's the, very easy to manipulate. It's like the team doctor clearing the guy that just clearly got a concussion at halftime yes. to play in the third quarter. Right. But, but the NCAA can't do that. So, I mean, the schools like to put out the whole idea that they are watching themselves. Which is dumb. That's what I'm complaining. That's exactly what I'm complaining about. <laughs> well, and, I mean, and the maybe, NCAA- maybe, it's, maybe it's dumb in some, in some situations and in others. Uh, there might be some uh, zealous types who, who really take their job seriously. 
There, there yeah. might, but it's so easy to manipulate that wouldn't it just be easier if it was an independent person? You wouldn't have well, any maybe it's maybe it's some some schools they do sort of have a, a bit of insulation there that uh, enables those folks to do their jobs without feeling like they're going to have to answer to the football coach or the but they but coach. they do answer to that. That's exactly my point. Like what what if uh, the compliance director at uh, fictional state? Uh, goes uh, runs you know runs it up the flagpole. Hey, uh, half the football team has no show jobs at a car at a car dealership, and uh, the the football coach goes, um, "What do you do again? You're the you're the compliance yeah, but guy." Technically, not anymore. <laughs> technically, shouldn't that guy answer to the school president, not to the football coach? <laughs> doesn't matter. Who does the school president? Does it answer doesn't to? matter. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't matter one bit. I I've think it should some... be independent. You you should be able to hire your own compliance person. It's like when I told my mom, we don't need a babysitter. We can babysit ourselves. We're good. We're good. We won't break any rules that we'll tell you about. Absolutely I like to believe, I like to believe that there are folks who uh, who are conscientious in that job. Not all of them are puppets, but they can be. That's my point. Is mm-hmm. you're you're vulnerable to that. Yeah. You you. Sure, there's some hero compliance directors out there that love telling on everybody, but it it shouldn't be up to the school uh, to. I I feel like the NCAA makes enough money they could pay some compliance people to but, to actually make sure universities are following the rules. The problem with that is that those people might not have access. That people who work within the within the athletic department, you know, you know, they can find stuff out. That it might be uh, if you had a hiree from the NCAA, then that person could be shut out of uh, privy information that, no, they wouldn't be able to have access to. So they wouldn't have access to information that uh, that compliance people are ignoring now. Is it better to know about it and ignore it, or is it better to not know about it? Maybe it's better to know so about what in, it. So what information to, are you talking because, about? Because you want that stuff. You don't want if, – if you're a university, <laughs> even if you're cheating, you want to know you're cheating. You don't want to be surprised by stuff. Like I am absolutely 100% sure that no Rick Patino had no idea what was going on in his basketball program, right, when it was all going on. He had no idea. He had no clue that there were any violations happening. Uh, uh, His maybe, compliance maybe. guy probably knew and ignored it. That would be my guess. <laughs> no, Rick knew. Uh, that's, and so did his uh, compliance but, guy. That's the right. whole point. No, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that it's better to know and then to pass it along in case somebody doesn't know. And then you can try to do something about it, even if you're not going to take the same strong action that the NCAA might to correct it. Before it gets worse. Well, they don't want to correct it. That's my point. Well, maybe they do. Maybe, you know, <laughs> not everybody's not crooked. The cheating coach wants to bust himself, so he lets the <laughs> compliance guy in on it. Yeah, that happens all the time. No, but he, you know, if he's around the program and he, he kind of actually. What if it's a she? So, so for right. example, to she? support Gordon's side, at BYU, Nick Emery. Dave Rose said he didn't know those things were going on between a booster and Nick Emery allegedly, right? Uh Uh-huh. Did the compliance people know, and they reported it to Dave Rose, and then Dave Rose 
said, okay, well, then we got to take care of this. Or did the, they hire a compliance person to sleep in their office and not pay attention to the- These are the questions. Right. <laughs> yes. See, Both they, probably exist. Yeah. Right. Uh, That's uh, the, but, but, but you would want to know. If you're the head coach, you would want to know what's going on. And sometimes some of this stuff they might not know about initially. But if you have someone within the program to inform and then theoretically- correct uh then that would be advantageous i imagine would it not sure yes unless you believe that everybody is uh a yellow-bellied crook everybody's honest all of the time correct i agree uh coming up next we have the not sports report straight ahead david lockett 5 97.5 and 1280 the zone Lloyd's the worst. Another example, Austin. Another example. Just kidding. We kind of like Lloyd. Welcome on back. It's the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's time for the Not a Sports Report brought to you today and every day by our friends at the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Uh, over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Shop online, lhmusedcars.com. Gordon, where are we going today? Well, we're going uh, a couple of places. The first place is to Kern County in California. All right, there's a story about a Navy fighter pilot who ejected safely from his F-A-18E Super Hornet jet. Uh, he, he safely ejected, and the plane crashed. This was just uh, uh, yesterday. So I have a couple questions about this. Luckily, he was, he was, he was sent to a medical center, and he was okay. And then they uh, cordoned off the area and put out the fire, and the jet obviously was absolutely destroyed. Do you know what an F-A-18E Super Hornet jet costs? Mm, let me think here. What would you guess? $29.95. It is about $60 million. And so I'm wondering what it's like. I mean, this fighter pilot was okay, thank goodness. But I wonder what that feels like when you're a trained fighter pilot and you have to bail on your on your jet, knowing that it's worth that kind of money. Uh, obviously, his life is preeminent and needs to be saved and whatnot. But I'll bet these guys take a lot of pride in what they're doing and that must be kind of a sick feeling for them, you know, leaving that jet and uh, needing to explain uh, what happened. You think there is uh, some pride or embarrassment involved in that sort of thing? Nah. <laughs> Not at all, huh? Nah, stuff happens, man. I think I'd eject just to be able to say I did it once. It was probably pretty fun. <laughs> well... I'm glad. I'm glad he was safe. That, that that's the main thing. But but now you're yeah. shaming him for uh, I'm not for shaming. crashing his plane. Jeez, hasn't I, he I'm, been through enough? 
Can we stop? I mean, he's dedicated his entire life to our country Serving and the freedoms the of the world. Yeah. No, we're, we're... But we can't fly a plane better than the other guy. Jeez. Well, maybe there was a mechanical problem. Right. But, you know. So why, would he, why would he, why would he uh, feel bad then if it was a mechanical problem? Why would he feel, feel shame? I'm not saying he feels shame. I just wonder what, what that feels like to have to go and say, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's one thing. To have a fender bender with your uh, brand new Cadillac or whatever you're driving, but uh, when you're when you're flying a sixty million dollar jet, I don't think uh, he was and, trying to do that. You know, I'm, I'm fine with the guy. All right. Thank you I'm for not, our service I'm, or your service. You the, not, you uh, the commander threw him the keys and said, "Just don't scratch it." And then he flew it out there and crashed it. I'm getting uh, text messages from folks that are saying that jet crash was at China Lake, where I grew up. I witnessed a jet go down and uh, kill the pilot in 1977. I wonder who sent that to me. I sent you this story because there was no death in it. Yeah. The whole point of me sending you the story, I made it very clear yesterday when I sent it. And and once again, somebody it's forty-eight hours to read it. And once again, somebody else isn't important enough to have their name in Gordon's phone. <laughs> I thought he was just protecting them, but maybe it is. That no, he, he said, "I wonder who sent me this." <laughs> oh, I got it. It's a friend. It's a friend of my brother-in-law who I've met. Nice guy. Anyway, um, okay. And this is the second thing I wanted to run by you guys: the Borat Two movie, the sequel for Borat is going to uh, let me get this right it's uh, it drops friday on amazon prime video so my question to you is did you think the original borat movie was funny and what are your expectations for this one i did think the original borat was very funny high five however i've seen some of his subsequent movies that uh, i did not care for so my expectation for this is is quite low did you use subsequent movie because you know that's the title of this one is it really yeah no I, I did not what was the one where he was a middle eastern dictator the dictator is that what it's the, the dictator with, uh, with uh, seth rogan it, or not, are you thinking of something else? I think I'm thinking of something else. Oh. Yeah, there was another one. I know what you're talking about. I can't remember the name of it. But the hymn that we're talking about is Sasha Barn. Come on. And, uh, but I did not like that one. So I, I don't know. I thought Borat was hilarious. I did not like that one. So Really? I, I thought – I didn't think – I, I don't remember seeing the whole movie, but I saw parts of it, and I didn't think it was that funny. What? Yeah, I Borat, don't know. Borat? Maybe it was my frame of mind that night, because you sort of have to be in the mood for a little bit of shock. When he gets you know? up in front of the rodeo, oh, it's one of the funniest the yeah, anthem. It's one of the funniest his own words. Like, yeah. <laughs> Jake, I'm starting to worry about your sense of humor a little bit. I really, I, I really like when he goes to the the comedy coach, and the guy's trying to tell him, teach him how to make a knock knock joke. Yeah, and he's just running circles around him. Okay, let me let me throw this out to our listeners real quick. Did you think the first Borat movie was funny? At Jake Scott Zone. I mean, that movie at, made a at uh, Gordon Monson uh, at Austin Hort. That, that movie made an incredible amount of money. I would imagine most people thought it thought it was funny, right? All right, I'm, I'm not I'm not saying one way or the other. I just want to know what our listeners thought. Well, Borat Two is coming out. All right, let's uh, jump out to the zone phone. Of course, joining us now from Wasatch Medical Clinic, he's our friend Andrew Reinhardt, and uh, out there doing that good work. Andrew, helping uh, guys with uh, an issue that's been around, uh, well, as you put it earlier, forever. 
Yes, it probably has. Erectile dysfunction is a significant issue. Uh, they say 50% of men over 50 will experience some form of ED. Uh, the numbers are probably much higher. It goes unreported. It goes untreated. And so many guys that are struggling, they're frustrated. The relationship is maybe suffering, and the pills are not working. That is where Wasatch Medical Clinic comes in. If you're struggling with erectile dysfunction, our treatments, the acoustic wave therapy, clinically shown by 40 clinical studies now to open up and regrow blood vessels. It's a blood flow treatment. Erectile dysfunction is a blood flow problem. So we're treating the root cause of the problem. We're no longer masking the symptoms. And we've helped thousands of couples regain the intimacy and the spontaneity back into the relationship. Spontaneity, that's got to be a big deal to guys, I'm guessing. That's a big deal because, you know, you're trying to time it with the pill. It doesn't always work out perfectly. You never know when the timing in the bedroom will be right. And as far as I know, our treatment is the only thing that goes after the root cause so that when the timing is right, the blood flow uh, goes where you want it, when you want it. 801-901-8000 is the number to call. Get on that schedule because there's a lot free right now, right? There's so much for free. If you're ready to put a stop to your erectile dysfunction, call us now. The exam is free. The blood flow ultrasound is free. You'll spend some time with a medical doctor ensuring that you're a good candidate for these treatments. Uh, We're also going to include a little special gift that produces instant results in the bedroom, Plus, right now, new patients even get free testosterone. So we've got every angle of erectile dysfunction covered. 801-901-8000, Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you. All right, we'll have more Big Show coming up next. Locke jumps on with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.